Welcome back to another installment of A New Normal from Startwell. Uh, in this video, we're going to be talking to Rally Video. Uh, I'm seated here in studio uh, at Startwell's King West hybrid event space uh, in downtown Toronto with Ali from Rally. Uh, I love the rhyme, and I like that that was prompted by Ali from Rally. So <laughs> without further ado, Ali, tell me a little bit about what Rally is in a nutshell, and then we'll jump into some history and then paint the context for people, because this series, A New Normal, is really all about kind of uh, looking at how uh, really the response to the pandemic has evolved in the last few months and how entrepreneurs are working within the constraints or uh, the opportunities that they see in front of them. So, gotcha. Yeah. Cool. What's Rally? Introduce um, before you even do that, man, this is a wicked space. Like I love the setup, I love the lighting, I love everything you've done here, man. Thank you very much. Like this is this is fantastic. I'm glad you're happy here. Um, and you did this in the turnaround time, right? Like you did this right when COVID first hit. Yeah, like, advance, I gotta yeah. make these changes. Advancing our stage and preparing particularly for like hybrid events, because mm -hmm. we are for anyone who's watching this, uh, and you can go to hybrideventconference.com to learn a little bit more about this pivot. I hate that word, but. Um, we're in a 2,500 square foot event space, right? It's beautiful. Like you can see streetcars going past on King Street. Mm -hmm. uh, it's an unobstructed view. It's a wonderful space. But yeah, when we were faced with this this issue of like not being able to host big groups in one room, mm -hmm. um, we had to digitize and run forward and quick with it. So yeah, I'm glad that you like the result. Yeah, this, this, it's wicked. This awesome. is really, really wicked. Um, so it's similar to you when uh, COVID first hit. So when the NBA first shut down. Um, about a week later, we got together on a 20-person Zoom call, realized that this is a terrible experience, and then we built Rally. And so Rally is this video software, it's a video application where you can see and hear all the people around you as if you were in the same space as them, mm. as you would have been with them in real life, but now on video. Okay. But you can decide who you want to talk to, you have freedom of movement, and it really feels like an online social or an online uh, lounge or bar-like experience. And the whole idea is when everybody is like stuck at home, this is an easy way to network and to mingle and to uh, just hang out with people. It's funny because this is definitely something I think even pre-pandemic that we were getting into with video conferencing. It felt kind of a little too like robotic. I'm facing you, you're facing me. Yeah. Um, and that social element was mm -hmm. definitely not something like you could use video conferencing since 20 years, I remember. Um, to communicate with someone anywhere in the world, but that communication felt kind of constrained. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit about that. So the impetus for it mm -hmm. uh, in terms of your team's inspiration for socialized video mm -hmm. uh, and then how you set about kind of creating experiences that are unique to your platform. Yeah, totally. Um, so there's three of us, three of us co-founders, myself, Amy, and Anson, and it was Anson's birthday party. And he was thinking to himself, how do I make a fun birthday party take place? Uh, and Anson's got a lot of friends. He's got like 30, 40 friends. And he was like, I want to bring them all into one place, and I don't want to do a gallery view on Zoom. So initially, it was like, how do we make this so that 30 people can enjoy themselves? Maybe it's a game. Maybe it's like some sort of way to like raise some money for like the causes that are happening around COVID. Sure. Um, but he was like, no, I want to make this like a fun video experience. And so we like hashed out a bunch of ideas and all of a sudden Rally was kind of born. Um, and our first version, like I think we probably have it somewhere on like Wayback Machine or something, but it was just like completely unstructured. 
Like you could join any video conversation you wanted to. You could see everybody. Uh, even if you're not talking to them, you could see them move around, just yeah. like you would at like a, a bar, right? Like if I'm talking to you, but somebody else is in the corner, yeah. I can still see them and I can still decide if I want to talk to them. Sure. And so we built that kind of experience and people loved it. They were just like floored by how seamless it was. Yeah. And we realized right away that, well, to your point, nobody has really worked on social interactions in video for ages. Right. Uh, and two, that this is probably the best time for it because everyone's at home and everybody wants to hang out still. Totally. Um, and that need for social interaction, it's just, it's human, right? If you look at the evolution of any software, it's gone more and more social. Like we had text messaging and then we now have like emojis and GIFs and videos that we're sending each other. Right. Right. You had like business communication, then you have Slack. Right, so the evolution of all these technologies is gonna be more social, and ironically, social makes things more productive and more useful. And so it was a no-brainer that someone is gonna build something like Rally at some point. Uh, we were lucky enough to just be there, uh, I guess at the right place at the right time. Um, so, okay, so I totally agree with you on all those points, that you know the impetus has been there. I like that story of a very kind of personal need to say like, we just wanna get people together, we want it to be fun, how do we do this? Uh, Paint the picture of kind of starting a company in the in this kind of post-pandemic reality that we're all trying to figure out. What did it mean to you as a team of friends to start a company? Leave aside the product and the service, just thinking about it as um, this thing needs to make money and uh, we also need to pay for our time, hopefully. How, how did you kind of like face those things? Uh, it's a really good question. Um... So I've, I've known Anson for probably about 10 years, and I've known Amy for about four. And during the time of knowing and talking to Anson, we've always been brainstorming ideas. Okay. In fact, the way that we met, we were working for competing businesses, so there was always this kind of, our relationship is, yeah, we wanna make sure we each succeed as friends, but we also want each other's businesses to succeed. Now, if you have that from the get-go, and you work on the same business, then it's like, hey, I really want our business to succeed, sure. so it makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, and with Amy, it's been very similar. Like we've been uh, to a bunch of parties together. We've hosted a bunch of events, pranks, etc., together. And it's like we want to make sure that the social experience, the experience of being at a party with us, has been a lot of fun. So when you combine those two things, the experience of like setting a, an event together and the experience of building a business together, and you combine it together, it's, uh, it makes a lot of sense to work together with these guys. For sure. And then in terms of like financing story or race, you know, to if you're bootstrapped to figure out kind of like who your customers are that will pay for an MVP to help you develop it and keep working on it. What's that side of the company look like? So uh, there's two sides to this, this question. The funding side, which we got really, really lucky on. Um, we were about two weeks old when we applied to Y Combinator and Y Combinator saw, like they emailed us, I think like Sunday night and they were like, we want to try the product. And we were like, we're not ready. We're not ready, not just for, for YC, but for like, anyone. exactly. We had, <laughs> we had just run this one birthday party on it. We need an accelerator. We're at 0 0.5. We need <laughs> to get to hero and exactly. Yeah. Uh, but we ran like 30 people came on the platform and they like had all these glitches and issues. And then YC is like, we want to try the product. And we were like, okay, we'll give it, we'll give it a shot. And so we like gave them access to it. But we didn't have any analytics. So we have no idea what they tried, what they clicked, what was the issue. You weren't in on it with them. No, no. It was just like, <laughs> here's our baby, you know? Like, please don't ruin it. Yeah. Uh, and then they, they checked out the product. And luckily, they were like, OK, you're going to get an interview. It seems like it's a cool product. Um, 
And then once we did the first interview, uh, initially, and this is to answer your, the second part of the question, yeah. we thought we were going to be a tool for comedians. Because the cool thing about Rally is you can hear the people when you're on stage right. uh, and when you're in the audience. So it isn't like mute everybody, right? You're not fighting the mute toggle for, for space. Um, so we were like, this is going to be a great platform for comedians. We're going to be the Zoom for comedy. Mm -hmm. And we pitched that to YC, and they were like, take another four weeks. Think about what you just said. <laughs> you're, you're thinking too small. They're like, there's no money in comedy. <laughs> yeah. What do you mean? Yeah, yeah. You're not Netflix. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> and so we were like, okay, thinking too small. What, what's bigger than comedy? Yeah. And then we were like, what about all sorts of events? Anything virtual, um, from things that like were not virtual before, like career fairs, all the way down to things that are have always been virtual, like webinars or conferences. How do we like target all of those markets? And all of a sudden we're like, holy crap, we could like literally just be the video solution for anything social. Mm -hmm. And so a month later, YC is like, okay, pitch us what you've learned and pitch us your traction. And the four weeks that we had between the two interviews, we ran, I think, like a dozen comedy shows. We ran a dozen birthday parties. Uh, we hosted like very small, intimate gatherings. Some of them paid, some of them unpaid. And we went to YC and we're like, look, we've like made like $1,000. We've hosted all these events. Traction is like unstoppable. And we're still not like open to the public. We're right. still just like talking to friends about it. And when then YC is like, what are you trying to build? And we're yeah. like, we want to build the video solution that incorporates all sorts of social interactions. And they're like, perfect. And then, so that was the first stage of getting validation from a company that was giving us, or an accelerator that was giving us some money. Yep. But also initially getting some of the customers who would eventually become larger customers and pay us monthly or annually for like subscriptions to us. So it was like a, wow. a dual win in that sense. And then what's the, I guess I've got a couple questions with this story. So the first one, let's just get out of the way. Why Combinator goes virtual? What does it mean? Uh, it means you get more time with partners, and as a trade-off, you get less time with uh, more founders, I'd say. Right. So you get you get time with specific founders that you get to know really well, um, but maybe if I was like sitting at a hot desk with like 200 other founders, I'd probably get more time with founders I would have never met. Right. Um, and YC has done a, a decent job, I think, of making that a little bit more accessible, and I think events on Rally and events on uh, Donut or Slack or whatever have been useful. Um, but it hasn't been hasn't been the same as in person. But you get more partner time, which is obviously great. Right. And how is the virtual? Because we're talking about this like video conferencing, you know, different flavors of it. Uh, how is the virtual education delivered through Y Combinator? Um, it's so I'm not really sure what the actual Y Combinator program would be like, but uh, virtually it was two days a week of essentially classes, Tuesdays and Thursdays, you'd get like a talk uh, in the mornings or in the afternoons for us. And that's like broadcast, basically. Yeah, to pretty much to your entire section. Okay. So um, so you have the entire YC cohort, then you have like four different sections. Each section gets like a couple different partners. Uh, and then you have groups, uh, which is basically your specific group, if you will. Okay. Um, maybe of like 10, 12 companies. Uh, and you get really close to those 10, 12 companies, they become like your buddies. But what are you using to, to do is it like Zoom or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The communication, the classes, all of it is done through Zoom. And sometimes they would use Rally, sometimes they would use oh, that's uh, cool. previous video platforms. So they'd switch it up to kind yeah. of support the, the groups. Huh, very cool. Yeah. Um, and then, so the other question I guess I have is coming out of an accelerator program, 
mm-hmm. uh, with your idea kind of like vetted, tested a little bit now with some different use cases, mm-hmm. um, and also some product validation in, ter- in the form of bucks in your pocket mm-hmm. uh, from customers. What uh, What's the story that you had kind of, I know it was a very short period of time in a weird context of post-pandemic, mm-hmm. you know, madness. Um, but how have you settled on pricing, if at all, and how have you tried to settle on or get to the point where you can actually tell someone a price for this? Um, to be very honest with you, we're still working on pricing. Okay. Um, for like one-time events, it's a little bit easier because we can... Uh, That's the comedy element though, right? It's like, yeah, what do you want to pay us? Yeah. It's like, how much you got, Vito? <laughs> <laughs> well, well the, the smart thing we've done is we had, a, we had a bunch of free trials and then we like assess based on the free trials how much people want to use our product. Yeah. And then we like charge basically a little bit of a premium on top of that. And then once we had some paying customers, we saw how usage changed, and usage did change because they use it a whole lot more. Uh, and then we were like, okay, so maybe for the next set of customers, we'll charge them a little bit higher. And so we're still doing that. It's just creeping slowly higher and higher until we find like the right middle ground. Um, and then for events, like it's usually like a couple of bucks a day per person. So it, it all just depends on um, what kind of event it is, mm-hmm. but that's usually the, the price point. And that's usually what the industry is charging anyways. I think this is something that people don't talk about enough unless they talk about it, you know, in the kind of like software startup milieu, people talk about um, rapid prototyping and its failures along the path to uh, chasing glory, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, if not the the success at the end of the rainbow. Um, mm-hmm. But people don't really talk about the kind of uh, the, the micro triumphs. And mm-hmm. I think that's maybe a geeky thing, you know, like when you're hacking code, and you're solving problems, every day is this adrenaline rush of needing to solve this little thing that to anyone outside of your, really your house or away from your screen, Mm -hmm. uh, it's just meaningless, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's kind of interesting to look at micro triumphs from code uh, examined from the business lens as well. So Mm -hmm. in the last few months, uh, difficulties and triumphs both, any anecdotes that you want to share about this journey to kind of like launch this product that brings people together while you're distanced from them. Mm-hmm. Um, for, okay, so for a long time, I've believed that you should get your MVP out as soon as possible and just you know put out there a product that anybody can use. And the more I've gotten to see products that are in market that are really strong, really robust, and really beautiful, like Apple products or Nike products, mm-hmm. uh, it's very much like, man, they, it takes a really good amount of time to build a great product, and you shouldn't try to rush the MVP. And so I'm actually coming around on the idea that like oh, really? an MVP is a good thing. But ironically, it is COVID, and people need video solutions. Right. And so uh, if anybody's going to come and become a customer, use our product, give us feedback, now is the time. And uh, you know, this is why I think we've been lucky enough to get such high growth numbers because people need a product like this. And I'm sure other video companies feel the same way. I think it's the market is getting bigger and bigger every single day. And so everybody who's building a video product, I think, is seeing some level of interesting success. Um, so to specifically answer your question, I think one of the one of the biggest wins we've had recently is being able to scale to more people. Mm-hmm. Um, we used to fit about I think 30 people in a room. We can now get about 50 people inside a rally room, um, and we used to be able to do like 200 people at once on rally. Uh, now we've probably like 20 or 30x that. 
So uh, we can probably get 5,000, maybe even 10,000 people um, into, a, into rally sessions together. So this allows for bigger events and bigger opportunities to actually kick off. Um, and a lot of things are actually like, uh, a lot of really cool wins are like the simple wins, right? Like it's uh, making sure that we change some of the, maybe like the username, for example, add like an emoji to your name so it's a bit more personable. So it's like right. Ali with a rocket ship as opposed to just Ali. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, so things like that I think are really nice. And so there's, between those small touches and large touches, I think it's been really, really great. It's interesting because I think... Um, I think your product, of course, is applicable in so many contexts as you're discovering. Uh, I mentioned at the beginning of this some content that people can check out on hybrideventconference.com. Uh, it's also on Startwell's magazine, digital magazine. But um, it's just you know videos from this event that we hosted that I think is going to become a series. Uh, and it complements a podcast that we recently launched called To Gather, which is oriented um, for the hospitality industry and specifically looking at different angles on uh, events, meetings, uh, you know, entertainment, uh, hotels, all, the whole gamut. Mm -hmm. um, and within all of those industries and all of those types of company, uh, there's a, a great questioning about bringing people together and uh, creating a high quality level of service for people when they come together. Mm -hmm. And it's something that I've been talking a lot, and at that conference we talked a lot to events professionals about, is this idea of kind of, um, I guess, produced experiences through virtual events. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of head scratching with the conventional uh, events industry about, firstly, about tech, secondly, about you know their relevance with platforms. Mm -hmm. Are producers being replaced by software is a big fear. Mm -hmm. That whole AI robot question. Mm -hmm. Will it kill us? Uh, and it's a valid question for a segment that may not want to remain relevant. Mm -hmm. But how do you see community organizers or event producers, people who bring people together as a job, using platforms like yours to do an amazing um, thing for the people that they want to bring together by bringing them together on a platform like this? I think, uh, I think you're seeing again, two different things taking place. I think you're seeing anybody who wants to bring people together, host a meetup or a community or an event, being able to do that. Right. And I think things like Rally are allowing that. So you have an HR professional who would maybe host like a pub night or a quiz night at a bar, uh, which would probably be a lot of work in terms of like getting people together and making sure that it's the right kind of quiz. Now they can just do that on Rally, right? And so you have them being more empowered and being more that's what's the right word, like uh, easily able to set these events yeah, up. and being enabled by the platform. Exactly. I think that's a great point. It's a great point. The idea that like the platform takes the infrastructure away, mm -hmm. especially around, like it's, it's easy to send someone a link mm -hmm. and it's easy to send them a follow-up email or a call or whatever you need to do to say, you need to be at this thing mm -hmm. when they don't need to do anything other than press a button to be in the thing. Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. Are you seeing that in the adoption already of the platform? Are there people who are like bringing, you mentioned birthday parties, it's an interesting one. Mm -hmm. um, especially because they're such loaded personal experiences. Mm -hmm. um, are the people organizing these parties the, the people hosting their birthday party or is it someone hosting it for someone else? So we, we've had both, but with birthday parties, it's usually the person hosting themselves. Okay. Same with like reunions, same with like family gatherings. Um, 
We've actually hosted a couple of weddings on our platform. That's very interesting because um, we're now doing that, right? We're uh, we're doing micro weddings mm -hmm. from our building on Niagara. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we should definitely recommend this to to one of our clients. Yeah, have have the core group come in for an in person and then do the rest of the wedding uh, on Rally. Like we've had a, a bunch of these weddings and it's it's always interesting because the event organizer contacts us. We tell them how easy it is to use for for the platform to be set up and whatnot. And then they've kind of just been like, okay, well, this is not something I got to worry too much about. Then I'm gonna focus on the other stuff. Right. 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 The in-person stuff is very hard. You got to figure out food. You got to figure out safety. You got to figure out all sorts of logistics and stuff. The online stuff is super easy, right? And I think the the trickiest part about all these applications that are coming out, even even Zoom, is the fact that you have to teach people how to use these products. Right. Right. It's right. less of a like when you have somebody to come in at like a physical wedding. They know that there's going to be food. They have an agenda. They kind of know like what's going to happen when. On Zoom, on Rally, on other video platforms, mm -hmm. you got to show them what to click, where to go, and once they get it, they have a great experience. Right. But the event planner's role has now gone from planning before the event to spending time in the event, making sure things are okay. It's a very interesting shift, but you're absolutely right. And I think, I think that I mean. The onus can lie on software designers as much as possible to try and create innate products that are immediately usable. Mm -hmm. um, but the value that someone can bring as an organizer to making sure that everybody's comfortable with getting in the room, virtually or otherwise, is, mm -hmm. is, is immense, I think. And I think that is that kind of answers the question I asked, which is I think that's a huge role for them to still play, for event producers uh, and programmers to play. Mm -hmm. is you're not just bringing people together, you're producing the experience, and a lot of that experience unfortunately deals with things that you might be able to explain, mm -hmm. but are out of your control. So yeah, yeah. That's very interesting. And I think what's lacking in these video tools is you get into a room with somebody or a call with somebody, you don't really know them. Yeah. You don't really have an understanding of who they are or what they like or how you're going to interact with them. And in most cases, nowadays especially, people join with their video off. So you can't even see them. Oh, it's become a big thing, right? And I have to ask every call. I'm like, so guys, mm -hmm. exactly. Should I turn my video off? And then everyone's awkward for a moment. Exactly, exactly. And then what you notice, and, and maybe you notice this, but in Zoom and other applications, the minute that everyone's video goes off, you what are you looking at? There's nothing it's, to look at. It's right? a call, yeah. Exactly. And and then so it's like, are you even on screen? Like, why did you join this from your desktop? Like, it, it just like, your experience just gets completely augmented in just a pure audio situation. Mm -hmm. So can you maybe add ways to interact when it's just audio? Um, if I knew who I was speaking to before the call, would I be more prepared? Would I be more excited? Would I have less Zoom fatigue? Like Those are the kinds of things that we want to think about mm -hmm. so that each interaction becomes a whole lot more fun. Right. Um, but that's probably further down the line. Very interesting. I love the idea that you guys are focusing on social interaction mm -hmm. uh, and thinking of ways to kind of like cue that and make privacy uh, about really the power of, of conversation. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's very unique. Um, so as a company, what's what's on your horizon in terms of hires, team mm -hmm. growth? Yeah, we, we definitely want to hire uh, at least one, maybe two more engineers, ideally like full-stack engineers, um, and probably a designer who can help us build um, a really cool-looking product. Uh, I think the design of these video products is super important and how it looks, how it feels, uh, all needs to be like really, really well done. Um, 
And, and if people spend you know hours on video calls, a good, well-designed product, I think, will have a huge impact on how uh, excited and energetic they are in the call. Absolutely. Um, I would say those are probably the main hires. I think from a sales and business and product standpoint, we're pretty good. Uh, in terms of finances? Um, we've raised a bit of money, so we should be good for the next 18 to 24 months. Exciting. So as a company born in this uh, 2020 new reality, mm -hmm. it's very interesting to hear that you've gone through a virtual accelerator program that's mm -hmm. like top tier accelerator in the world. Mm -hmm. um, developed your product, tested it with potential customers, found them despite not being able to go to you know in-person meetings to make introductions mm -hmm. and so on. Uh, demoed the product virtually to do, develop those relationships mm -hmm. and are growing the company virtually as well. Mm -hmm. I'm glad we were able to sit down in person. Yeah, man. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the inviting me to this place. This is, again, really awesome. An absolute pleasure, man. Yeah. So for people that want to try uh, Rally, Invite them to uh, to where they can learn more and see it in action and use it and what's the whole, how does it work? Yeah, you can just go to rally.video, sign up for a room, uh, invite you know six or seven of your friends, maybe more, get them all together and just hang out. So you can use the product for free? Totally, yeah. Exciting. Wicked, cool. man. Thanks very much. No worries.